Let us begin. Hello everyone, welcome to Brew Distilled. I'm your host, DG Monte Ale, and we're going to be talking about the last two episodes of Marvel's What If from Disney Plus in this edition of Brew Distilled, and also have some recent NFL updates for you as well, along with some major news with the New England Patriots, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Urban Meyer. Please do excuse the absence of a recent episode as I have been in the process of doing a move, and I'll soon have a much better podcast location to record this podcast, so that does explain the delay in episodes as of recent, so do bear with me in this temporary transition. But first though, we just wrapped up Marvel's What If from Disney Plus, the last two episodes were not too bad. The finale was actually pretty decent, to my surprise. I wasn't sure what to expect with the finale, but the episode before that, one where What If Ultron won, did have a decent story for Hawkeye and Black Widow as they're navigating a post-apocalyptic environment where Ultron won. I thought the episode was actually pretty good, but I didn't like the idea that Hawkeye got killed off in an episode, but also the idea of the Avengers getting killed off once again in the episode really didn't sit well with me. But I think the redeeming value of that episode was with Romanoff and Hawkeye working together to fight Ultron they're in what remained of Russia looking for the eminence of Hydra to stop Ultron so I really like that dynamic in that episode but it also wasn't too crazy about the idea that Ultron won it really did ruin the entire Earth in that episode but I did like the idea of Hawkeye and Black Widow working together in this Terminator style world that they were in fighting off against the robots of Ultron but at the same time though it really did have a very bleak ending but then we got more clarification on that episode became before that before I go into the finale I thought the episode between Romanov and Clint Barton you know Hawkeye and Black Widow working together i thought it was pretty good but the idea of the avengers getting killed off as i mentioned earlier didn't sit well with me and this is something in the series i really saw a lot of we saw several episodes of the avengers got killed off in different scenarios and now something about the series i really didn't like but i'll go into the series recap here in a few minutes but overall this episode with hawkeye and black widow working together i really liked how it played out i just didn't like how hawkeye got killed off just like with the other avengers but it was also good to see natasha romanoff aka black widow playing a very strong role in this episode but it also stood out in this episode at the same time was that the Watcher broke his oath. He was trying to intervene to help Natasha Romanov and Clint find what they needed to stop Ultron. And then Ultron also found out about the Watcher and also seeing the Ultron find the Watcher. And where we saw Ultron and the Watcher get into a major combat scene which went to different realms of realities, different worlds. Also while seeing Ultron destroy different realities at the same time, we also saw a world where Captain America became President of the United States of America. But the highlight in this ending of this episode and where Ultron won was where the Watcher got exposed by Ultron. This led to the Watcher having to go ahead and form a whole new team. Now, it's been speculated throughout the whole series that we're going to see Guardians of the Multiverse. We saw that with the Watcher going out to make that happen, but we didn't see it to the finale. So I want to talk about here about the finale here of Marvel's What If from Disney Plus. And that's where the Watcher had to break his oath. So this episode, the finale of Marvel's What If Season 1, did revolve around the Watcher breaking his oath. The Watcher had to break his oath in order to save the entire universe, all these alternate realities, because if he didn't, Ultron was going to destroy every single one of them. Which led us to the finale of Marvel's What If from Disney Plus and where the Watcher went ahead and recruited members from all the various realities that he observed throughout season one of Marvel's What If. We saw Gamora, T'Challa, Killmonger, Captain Carter, Thor, and Tatasha Romanov all formed together to form this unique dream team to help defend the multiverse from Ultron. But also, I was very much surprised that the Watcher selected Killmonger because you all know what Killmonger did to Iron Man in an earlier episode. And I wasn't sure why the Watcher did that. Why did he want Killmonger to join this unique dream team? He did that anyways, even though he knew what he did to Iron Man in an earlier episode. So that was a major surprise in this episode, seeing Killmonger become part of this unique dream team, the Guardians of the Multiverse, which also included Doctor Strange, and this is the same Doctor Strange we saw from earlier in the season. The same Doctor Strange who abused his power to do some bad things, 
things, even though he thought he was doing the right thing. So he's also part of his multiverse team as well. And he was also the first one recruited by the Watcher in the previous episode. So seeing this unique team in this finale was a very fitting way to end the season of Marvel's What If, the very first season, because it was a very good combination with all these heroes, some from the movies, some completely different altogether, such as Captain Carter. It was very much a good action-oriented episode, seeing them come together to fight against Ultron, while also seeing that Killmonger had his own hidden agenda, because later in the episode, he did try to utilize the power of Ultron for his own advantage. The way I saw it, Killmonger wanted to take a helmet of Ultron back to his home reality, and use it probably to conquer the entire world, as opposed to Wakanda, which is where he's at at the current moment. But he also was stopped because T'Challa saw what was going on, but this is a loose end in the episode, because T'Challa knew what Killmonger is up to, but how did T'Challa, aka Star-Lord, know who Killmonger was? Because, to my understanding, they really had no interaction in Star-Lord's timeline his episode, so it's kind of a loose end in this episode, or maybe they got familiar with one another when they were talking to one another when the team got first put together. And also question why the Watcher chose Killmonger to be part of this team. He knew Killmonger up to some pretty bad stuff, but he also chose Killmonger anyways to be part of this team. So from how I see it, definitely did show some errors on judgment on behalf of the Watcher because he did choose Killmonger knowing he did some pretty bad things. But in the end, Killmonger was definitely brought to justice by the Watcher and also Doctor Strange. So apparently Doctor Strange is going to have Killmonger and Ultron in this prison, and this alternate version of Doctor Strange is going to be the keeper of this prison back in his home reality that was destroyed, but also showed that Doctor Strange is also at peace with this at the same time. And we also saw the other Marvel characters go back to the other home realities, except for Natasha Romanoff, in which she told the Watcher she cannot go back to her home world because she's pretty much the only person left on that Earth, given the events about its destruction from Ultron. So in a surprise move, the Watcher allowed Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, to go back to the world where she was killed on, to her terms of her variant at least, the one where Loki became ruler on Earth, and where she got caught right in the middle of a combat scene alongside Nick Fury, Captain Marvel, and Captain America, which ended that moment in a cliffhanger, but also allowed Black Widow to go back to a world where she can make a difference as opposed to one where she was originally, while also allowing the Watcher to once again modify the rules he was sworn to protect. And while the episode does end there and also ends the series as well for season one, we do get an end credit scene where Captain Carter's back at the timeline she was originally at, right before being recruited by the Watcher to go on that mission with the Guardians of the Multiverse, in where she's back on that ship. Now, this is a, a recreation from a scene from the second Captain America movie, but in this scene, Black Widow does Captain Carter what the cargo and ship was. It turns out the Hydra Stomper is on the ship. They find it in a chamber. This comes as a much big surprise to Captain Carter, and she gets an even bigger surprise from Romanoff, aka Black Widow, that there's someone inside hinting that Steve Rogers. And that's how the episode ends, along with season one of Marvel's What If. It does end on a moment of hope, and it makes me wonder if we're going to see the storyline continue in season two of Marvel's What If. What If, as the series will indeed have a season 2, which to my understanding will contain much more wilder and weirder storylines according to Marvel. But that's how season 1 ended for Marvel's What If. Now, what do I think about the series? The series was not my favorite Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. So far with all the series of Marvel that have been on Disney+, Plus, this is by far my least favorite. It started off good with the first two episodes being really, really good, with the variations of Captain America and also T'Challa's Star-Lord. The first two episodes are really good, but as the series progressed, it got really mixed, and there definitely were episodes I did not like. I didn't like the idea of the Avengers getting killed off of some of these episodes. That definitely didn't sit well with me. Now, we all know when you do a what-if scenario, particularly in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're definitely going to get storylines just like that. But seeing it play out on the screen definitely was not to my liking. So definitely not my favorite series. I would say from a 1 to 10, I would say the series is probably a 6. And I feel I'm being generous by saying that. But the only reason I'm giving it a 6 because the first two episodes are really good, and the Thor episode is also really good. And the way it 
ended was also really good as well. But overall, this really was not my favorite series. Definitely not something I would go back and rewatch again, which is something I've definitely been doing with the other Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. But this series, you know, it's interesting. It's very ambitious, very bold. I would definitely watch season two to see what they're going to be doing with this. I'll definitely have it here in the future editions of the Brutus podcast. That's likely probably a year away at the best with new episodes of Marvel's What If. But definitely not my favorite series. Definitely could have been much better. I definitely did not like the dark and depressing storylines that featured getting the Avengers killed off in some of these episodes. That was definitely major downer. I did speak with a fellow Marvel fan about the series. He also felt the same way that this series was definitely having some storylines that were definitely not good in terms of story, in terms of how to kill off the character from the Avengers. But this is also alternate realities. So it's not in the main timeline we're seeing in the MCU. But overall, the series, I give it a six. A little bit above average, but also my least favorite series of Marvel so far from Disney+. Plus. Now, my next series I'll be discussing here in Brutus Shield is going to be Hawkeye. That comes out November 24th with two episodes. It's going to be a six-episode series in where Hawkeye is going to be passing on the reins to Kate Bishop to be the next Hawkeye. Now, I really can't wait to see the series. It's going to have a Christmas theme to it, which is okay. I wasn't expecting a Christmas theme, but I definitely see how it plays out. But I do like the idea of Hawkeye getting his own series because Hawkeye and Black Widow should have had their own movie. I don't know what happened there. It definitely should have been a movie, Hawkeye and Black Widow teaming up. Unfortunately, it did not pan out. We definitely did get the Black Widow movie, Scarlett Johansson, and she did an amazing job with that movie. And by the way, speaking of Black Widow, Black Widow is now available to all subscribers on Disney+. Plus. You don't have to pay for the movie now. So you can definitely watch Black Widow whenever you want to on Disney+. Plus. I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch it again. I watched it in the theaters. I didn't pay the $30 fee on Disney+, Plus to watch it. And this is a film I had to see in theaters. But definitely do go ahead and watch it if you have not seen it. It's the final movie for Scarlett Johansson in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And she's a fantastic actress. Got a lot of love for Scarlett Johansson as an actress. She did an amazing job as Black Widow. So definitely do check out that movie on Disney+, Plus, Black Widow. The final movie of Scarlett Johansson in the role of Black Widow. Now also, Black Widow and Hawkeye, the TV series, are going to have some interesting connections. As the way the Black Widow movie ended with the end credit scene definitely does pave the way for Hawkeye. So it's going to be very interesting how that plays out in the Hawkeye TV series. So we got a little over a month away for Hawkeye comes out. In the meantime, we'll be talking more about NFL football here in Brutusfield until Hawkeye comes out. And then I'll eventually start merging the two topics again when I have Hawkeye episodes recap later in November. So that there is my recap of Marvel's What If, the series, along with the last two episodes, along with my quick Marvel update. I'll have a beer pairing here momentarily, but first, here's a quick NFL update. As we all know, Tom Brady prevailed in his game against New England when he returned to New England, which was not the game I thought it would be. I thought it would be much more a higher scoring game, but in the end, Tampa came out on top against New England. And also, speaking of New England, a new book is coming out. I definitely will be checking out this book. I'm going to read the book and probably even talk about the book here in a future edition of Brutus Sealed. And this book is a major book about the New England Patriots. And it is indeed scandalous. There's going to be a lot of information in this book that's going to be very much negative towards New England, which really does reveal some information that many say comes from secondhand sources. And it also examines the relationship between Roger Goodell and the New England Patriots. So this book about New England is definitely going to have some really wild stuff in it. I can't wait to read it and talk about it here in the Brutus Hill podcast. And also some news about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer right now, could he be in the hot seat in Jacksonville? I say yes. Now we all know there was that video of Urban Meyer in that nightclub after that loss in Cincinnati, but but what really got me about that wasn't really so much the video. It's the idea that Urban Meyer did not fly back to Jacksonville with the Jaguars. He went back to Columbus for a break instead of going back with the team. So it's not really so much the video that Urban Meyer was caught in. It's the idea that Urban Meyer did not travel back with the team back to Jacksonville, which is something that the NFL coach has never done before. This is a major first in the NFL, and that is Urban Meyer not going back with the team back to Jacksonville after a major loss with Cincinnati Bengals. And there's also reports that players 
into Jaguars locker room are once again not happy with Urban Meyer, which definitely does raise the question that is, how much longer will Jaguars leadership put up with this? Because right now Jaguars have yet to win a game and there continues to be growing drama surrounding Urban Meyer, which has now become a major distraction for the Jaguars. So I believe that Urban Meyer probably will not be coaching Jacksonville next season. And I do believe he might end up going back to college football. I still believe USC is a strong option for Urban Meyer. We just got to wait and see. But right now, things in Jacksonville are not looking good. And also an update for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are doing well right now. There's been talk that the Cowboys might become a Super Bowl contender. I do believe it's too early to say that is the case, but they are on the right track to becoming a very successful team this season. I definitely do see them in the playoffs, probably making a deep playoff run. But right now, the Cowboys Super Bowl, as much as I'd like to see it happen, I think it's too soon. But also, time is of the essence for Dallas right now, as the salary cap is going to catch up. And once the salary cap catches up to Dallas, they're going to have to cut some players, which might jeopardize their chances of getting back to Super Bowl in the next few years. So right now, Dallas, they're on the right track, but at the same time, time is catching up. So if they're going to win a Super Bowl, they better do it quick, because right now the salary cap is on its way in. And there's also been talk that Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore has been linked to the recent opening with the Las Vegas Raiders head coaching position, given the events surrounding John Gruden. And I do expect Kellen Moore to be a highly sought-after head coaching candidate after his NFL season, so Dallas has got to be ready for life after Kellen Moore, because if he leaves, that'll no doubt have a major impact on the offense of the Dallas Cowboys, although I do believe Mike McCarthy can take that over until they find the right candidate in the event Kellen Moore does leave. And also with another team I've been covering here in the Brutus Hill Podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are pretty much in a very bad spot right now, given how their season's been playing out. I actually thought that Tampa Bay and Kansas City were going to have a rematch in the Super Bowl, but I definitely don't believe that's going to be the case anymore, as Kansas City's on a one-way train ride to Screwsville when it comes to football. So in the event that Kansas City does not go back to Super Bowl this year, who will represent the AFC? A team I do believe could very well do that could very well be the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are on a roll right now. They're very much a very solid team. They're no doubt amongst the best teams in the NFL this year. So we could very well have the Buffalo Bills facing off against Tampa in this year's Super Bowl, but it's all too soon to tell right now. The season is still kind of unfolding right now, but the Buffalo Bills, they are on the right path to get into the Super Bowl. And as much as I love the Dallas Cowboys as a Cowboys fan, I do believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be going back to Super Bowl this year, led by Tom Brady, as Tom Brady is very much playing in a very solid level right now. Despite his age, he has very well-defined expectations of human nature. And that there's my quick NFL update, and do stay tuned for future NFL updates and future editions of Brutus Sealed. Now, what beer am I pairing with this week's episode? It's all with this week's topics. Well, the beer I have is from Alero Brewing, which has been featured in past editions here at Brew Distilled in the past, and the name of this beer is called Three Crows Black Lager. This is a black lager that's dark in color, but also very soft in terms of flavor. It gets a very good coloring from the blend of malts that come together to help mold this beer, along with flavors of coffee and chocolate, and has a good roast to it as well, along with the earthy hop taste to it as well, but it has a very good balance to it. It's a very good beer. It's a dark beer that can drink all year round. It tends to be kind of like a summer beer, so this is like a very interesting because you can have a black lager in the summer, which is definitely very innovative from my perspective, and has an ABV of 4.5%. But this beer is full of flavor, full of character, and it's definitely an easy beer to drink, and it's an excellent product from a little brewing here in Sacramento, California. It's a beer I got from the bottle, so this beer definitely comes in a bottle. You could also find it on tap at a little brewing, assuming it's still available, but this has to be like a summer beer. I know we're going into the fall months, but even though this is kind of like a summer beer, I definitely do believe this beer could be drank even in the colder months even though the colder months tend to have more stouts and porters. But I definitely do believe this Three Crows Black Lager from Little Brewing is definitely a good beer to have in the winter months. And it's no doubt an excellent product, an excellent beer product from Little Brewing in Sacramento, California.
California. And again, that is Three Crows Black Lager from Low Brewing. And that is my beer pairing for this week's episode of Brew Distilled. And that's going to do it for me this week here in Brew Distilled. I'm your host, E.G. Monte Ale. Please do excuse the absence again, as I'm definitely in the process of doing a move right now, which would definitely allow me to have a better space to record the podcast. So there's a delay in episodes, it's because of the move. But definitely do expect future editions of Brew Distilled, along with coming from a different studio, a much better quality studio. So please stay tuned for that. Please bear with me on this move, as I eventually plan to get this podcast back on its regular schedule, as I will be profiling future editions of Marvel in terms of Hawkeye, along with also future Marvel episodes on Disney+, Plus, along with more NFL coverage, and with beer pairings. And that'll do it for me. I'm going to go edit this episode, and after that, I'm going to be attending Capital Beer Fest in Sacramento, California. So do look forward to me recapping Capital Beer Fest in a future edition of Brew Distilled, and we're all having some good craft beer, along with finding some good beer to discuss here in future editions of Brew Distilled. And thank you for tuning in. Do check out this podcast on Instagram at Brew Distilled Podcast on Instagram. It's where you find photos of all the beers profiled here in Brew Distilled. So do swing by Instagram to check that out. And until then, I'm your host, Ichimonte Ale. I'll see you all next time. And until then, be brewed and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers.